BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You're listening to the Back Home Network, presented by Homefield Apparel. Welcome, Hoosier fans, to another victorious episode of the Assembly Call, as tonight your Indiana Hoosiers complete the exhibition portion of their schedule with a 104-59 victory over St. Francis at Simon Scott Assembly Hall. Uh, and we're going to talk about it tonight. It's a game you know, where Indiana, especially the young guys, uh, showed a lot of things to be encouraged by. There was certainly some sluggish play. Uh, but all in all, Indiana did what it needed to do uh, through two exhibition games, which is get a couple of dominant wins, uh, you know, get some young guys out there playing at Assembly Hall, feeling good about themselves, and now we get ready for the regular season. But before that, we got a game to break down. So I'm your host, Jared Morris. I'm here with Andy Bottoms. We're going to break it all down for you on this edition of the Assembly Call IU postgame show. And let's start this show the way we start every show, and that is with our Hoosier Proud banner moment. And boy, you could pick a lot of moments from Jalen Hoosierfino or Malik Renew uh, for the banner moment. But I'm going to go to 17, uh, the 17-minute mark of the second half. Jalen Hoosierfino hits his third three-pointer of the game to put Indiana up 34 points. That made Jalen three for three from downtown, which is where he would finish. Uh, and in addition to the shooting uh, early in the second half, Jalen had two assists. He had a steal. Uh, really, as Indiana put St. Francis away, not that you know, we were really ever worried about St. Francis threatening, uh, but they really came out, extended the lead early in the second half, and Jalen finished the game with 15 points, five assists, and one turnover. And, you know, we've heard a lot about Jalen's game and how physically ready he is for college basketball and how good of a defender he is, especially for a freshman, how good of a passer he is, how, uh, you know, he plays at his own pace and doesn't get sped up, like all of these things, making winning plays. And the one question mark was, can he shoot? Well, in game one, he put his mid-range game on display, making three mid-range shots of different types. And tonight, put the three-point shooting on display, going three for three. Now, we've said, not going to put too much stock into shooting in a very comfortable situation, which this is, but just getting him out there and seeing not just the results, but the process. The shot form looks good. The release is good. Everything about that looks really good. And if Jalen is going to combine reliable shooting with everything else he brings to the table, then he absolutely changes the ceiling for what this Indiana team can be. And sure, it's only a couple of exhibition games. We'll start seeing Indiana against real competition here moving forward, but we haven't seen anything at all through two games 
to uh, lessen the hype and the expectations and the optimism for what Jalen can be as early as his freshman season. Uh, okay, and now... talk about home field apparel because our banner moment as always brought to you by our friends at home field apparel uh they are now in their sixth season i believe of sponsoring the assembly call uh, and they are the presenting sponsor for the back home network and look you know by now if you've been listening to this show home field apparel has the greatest selection of vintage iu apparel that you're going to find anywhere and it's not just indiana they've got 140 150 different schools they're constantly releasing new uh designs uh, they, you know, they go back and they pull these old uh, logos and brand marks that colleges aren't even using anymore, dust them off, breathe new life into them, and really give you a fun and stylish and nostalgic way to support your favorite college team. And so if you're looking to get gear for this IU season, especially if you're looking for crewnecks or hoodies with the weather uh, changing and getting colder, Homefield is the place to go. And if you're looking for a one-stop shop for Christmas shopping, Homefield, definitely the place to go because for almost everybody on your Christmas list, if, assuming they're you know a college sports fan, you're going to find something that they like. And even if they're not a college sports fan, even if they just like cool designs on comfortable clothes, Homefield Apparel has something for them. So go to homefieldapparel.com and use our promo code HOME, H-O-M-E, to get 15% off your entire first order. That's promo code HOME for 15% off, again, the website is homefieldapparel.com. Wear one for the team. Okay, well, it is time to move the ball, find the open man, and get some opening thoughts from the rest of our team. Andy Bottoms, that is you. What is your Bottoms line on this Indiana victory? Well, if you're going to talk about uh, Jalen Hutchifino, it probably makes sense that I would uh, talk about Malik Renew. Uh, there was a stretch between the under 12 and the under 8 timeout in the, in the first half. IU scored 12 points. And Renew scored or assisted on, or IU scored 14 points and Renew scored or assisted on 12 of them. Uh, just a really, really strong Not performance. Uh, hit that step back in the uh, in the second half. Tried one, got fouled on it in the first half, and was uh, was definitely everything from him was on display. Made some nice passes out of the post. Uh, scored inside, which you know in this game, given the the lack of size that St. Francis had, I, that was an area that you'd expect IU to dominate. But I do think it was uh, good to give them at least some opportunities to show their passing ability out of the post and trying to find shooters and, and ideally uh, guys who would who would knock the shots down. But I, I thought it was just another really strong game from Renew. Uh, maybe played a little bit extra tonight because Logan Duncan was out uh, with an illness uh, and certainly made the most of it. But I think if you if you really look at I think we talked about last week, you know, what we're looking forward to in the exhibition games. And, and for me, it was being able to see Jalen Hutchifino uh, play in particular, but just the freshmen in general to really at least start to get a first glimpse of what they might be. And so we can look at the competition level and, and talk about all those things. But um, I think those guys have both really shown enough to get you even more excited or to believe the hype that those guys had coming in with their recruiting rankings and, and all those things. And, uh, it, it's it's impossible to walk away from these games and say those guys aren't going to be two key pieces of the rotation and guys who, to your point, can really elevate uh, the, the ceiling for this team if they can continue to grow over the course of the year. Yeah, I mean, you know, you look at Malik's line, he goes seven for eight, also grabs eight rebounds. I'm not really that concerned with those stats. 
you know, I mean, he, you know, coach, coach was at the game. He may join us later on the show. I'm not sure if he's going to pop in or not, but he was at the game and he sent us a text message. He was like, he was taking pictures of Malik Renault and just talking about how big and physically imposing he is in person. And so you would expect, you know, even a freshman who's that big and physical to be able to go dominate a team like St. Francis. And to a certain extent, you know, Jalen Huchifino, I mean, both of those guys, they don't look physically like freshmen. And there are things they're able to do on the court that they've been able to do on the court in these two exhibition games that are in part simply because they're more athletic and just more physically developed than some of the opponents that they're going up against. And that's fine. But we need to see that stuff against better competition. What I'm really impressed with with these two guys, Andy, is all the little things they do that are absolutely going to translate because it doesn't matter who you're playing. It's about court vision and awareness and body control. Like you watch Malik Renew and he'll get the ball toward the baseline. He'll take a hard dribble or two toward, toward the baseline and spin. And a lot of big guys, especially young big guys, would be out of control, losing the ball, losing their footwork. And he's not. He's very much in control and then able to make a decision or make a shot off of that spin move. You know, and you see the same thing from Jalen Huchifino. They just, they're in control of their bodies, and most of the time they're in control of where the ball's going. And that's just not something that you see a lot from freshmen. And so that, to me, is what I'm most impressed by with these guys, is just a lot of those little things. You know, Malik Renew sprints back on defense in the second half. I was going to talk about this in the meaningful moment, but he sprints back on defense in the second half, forces a block shot, grabs the rebound, and just immediately turns and fires an outlet pass, I think, to Jordan Geronimo for a dunk. You know, and just the vision and ability to make that pass, that stuff's going to translate. And so, you know, for everything that those guys bring to the table physically, you can just tell how well they've been schooled in basketball and how high their basketball IQ is. It's really, it's really impressive. Um, and, you know, so I look forward to seeing them against better competition. But I don't come out of this kind of saying, oh, well, you know, they did this again in these exhibition games. Are they going to be able to do it? Like, I really feel confident that these guys are going to be able to just glide right into the regular season and be productive players. Yeah. I mean, there'll be bumps in the road as you go through the yeah. season, like you'd have with any freshman. But I, I do think to your point, those little things, there was a play that I had written down for a potential meaningful moment as well with Huchifino. That was actually a pass. He made real quick entry pass into renew, you know, other guys on the perimeter had not held on to the ball for a long time as IU was swinging it around. He got the ball and immediately knew where he wanted to go with it and and yeah. got it down to renew. Good angle, good entry, laid it right up and scored. And I think it just – they're kind of thinking ahead of what the next play is in, in a way that you probably – you don't feel like you see from freshmen all that much. I think that's the same thing that the, the play that you mentioned with renew. You know, gets the rebound and kind of knew what he wanted to do with it immediately without having to – to think he just reacted to, to what was going on. And, um, you know, I think those, those things are among the positives that, that those guys bring to the table. And you're really not going to learn, you know, if you think about these, these games, like what were we going to learn about race Thompson and Trace Jackson Davis tonight, <laughs> Xavier Johnson, like nothing. nothing. <laughs> um, but, but these are guys who you really can learn about from these games. And, and while, you know, the, the second half, I was like, man, how are there 11 minutes left in this at a certain point? Um, <laughs> And then I was watching the Eagles defense on the first drive play just as bad as I used played for most of the, for most of the night. And it was, uh, you know, I was like, all right, let's just, uh, let's just wrap this up. But, but I do think it's, you know, these games are more important for some players than others. And I think those two guys are, are ones that really showed something uh, to get excited about. I'm sure we'll talk about some of the other freshmen, but I think that's really the lens through which to, to view a game like this. And, and like, 
uh, similar to what you guys talked about after the Marion game over the weekend. Yeah, I mean, look, I think they were Indiana's two best players, and I think there's there's a lot of niche you could pick with this game. I really didn't feel like Indiana played that well in the first half. Like, I think this was a game where Indiana was just physically dominant, um, and and there's a story there, and we'll talk about it because I think it it speaks to the infusion of talent and just athleticism and size on this roster. But defensively in the first half, I mean, especially those first eight minutes or whatever it was with the starters, pretty lackluster. You know, I mean, St. Francis didn't really have the dudes to take advantage of it, even though they kind of hung around early. But I just I don't care. Like, I just I can't get worked up about it because you've got Xavier Johnson's in his fifth season of college basketball. Trace is in his fourth season and, you know, nursing a little bit of an injury. I mean, Race Thompson, for God's sakes, he's been here for six years. I can't imagine how he's mustering up a lot of motivation to play an exhibition game against St. Francis, and it just kind of looked like it. Now, if we go into the regular season and Race is playing like he did tonight, where he's just a little bit inattentive to the details and the little things, and Race is a little things kind of guy, so it stands out when he's not really doing it and he's a step slow defensively, then I'll get concerned. But I really, I just, I can't get that concerned about it, just given the age of those guys, and you're right, you're not going to learn much about them. But I will tell you something else I noticed in the first half. And that is the defensive intensity picked up immediately when Trey Galloway got in the game. And give credit to the other bench guys, too. But I just thought Trey especially, you know, he's so good for that coming off the bench role because he's always going to give you energy. And the team needed some energy. And I thought he really sparked better play uh, in that first half. But really, most of the first half was more Indiana just being physically dominant and the physical dominance allowing them to overcome mental mistakes and kind of a lack of being fully engaged and fully mentally focused. Um, but it's nice to have a roster that can do that because there are previous vintages of Indiana basketball that might have struggled more to put a team like this away. And this team was able to just kind of play like a C minus performance overall. You know, the freshmen were good, but overall as a team, I don't know, C maybe, and, you know, still dominate. So there's something to be said there, but I'm just not going to get worked up about the upperclassmen until we get to games that matter. Yeah, yeah you're right. I, I think defensively, IU was really biting on a lot of the ball fakes, shot fakes in the first half. And I think that's, you know, maybe a case of lack of focus like you talked about. I think some of that is just kind of knowing that you're physically uh, dominant of the other team and you may be able to make up for some of those mistakes. And IU ended up blocking nine shots in the first half as they're, you know, letting guys get closer, get to the rim, but knowing that you have somebody back there who in a game like this in particular can erase those opportunities and, and really make up for some of that. So I, I tend to agree with you. I thought uh, certainly in the first half, even to a certain extent in the second half, you saw better intensity from the bench guys. But I think to a certain extent, those are the guys, one, really trying to battle for for minutes and, and trying to see where a role shakes out. So to them, that's incredibly important. That's why I, you know, CJ Gunn is diving on the floor for a loose ball at 40 points with nine minutes and 45 seconds left in the game. Right. Um, really trying to show something and, and bring that level of intensity. But I, I would agree with your point about Galloway. I think there was, you know, a couple of plays where he may have even given up a basket, but guys just hit a really tough shot, but did a good job of, of trying to keep people in front of him. And uh, as much as anybody did really in the game, I, I thought was, uh, was locked in defensively. Yep. Okay, well, coming up here as we continue our breakdown of Indiana's victory over St. Francis, we will point out tonight's meaningful moments that you might have missed. Then we will go inside the numbers to highlight some of the most important statistical notes from this game. You are listening to The Assembly Call. Stick with us. 
hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey guys, it's Gene Steratore, CBS officiating analyst and retired Big Ten basketball official. You know, I have never listened to the assembly call. And to be honest, I don't intend to. But if you listen, make sure you ignore anything Ryan says about officiating. He's really good from the seat of his pants, but I wouldn't trust him on the court with a whistle around his neck. Time has proven him wrong on virtually everything. Take care. We'll talk soon. Uh, thank you, Gene. You are listening to the Assembly Call IU Post Game Show. I am Jared Morris. I'm here with Andy Bottoms. And we are breaking down Indiana's victory over St. Francis tonight in their final exhibition tune-up. And it's the beginning of segment two, so you know what that means. It's time for... Yes, meaningful moments you might have missed, which is brought to you by our friends at Hoosier Ticket Project, where they help individuals and families experience IU athletic events in person for the first time through the generosity of alumni and fans. To learn more about how you can donate money or extra tickets to help create meaningful moments for other IU fans, visit HoosierTicketProject.org. That's HoosierTicketProject.org. So, Andy, I want to... For this meaningful moment, I want to talk a little bit more about Malik Renu um, and, you know, just so many impressive things that he did. And one of the things I was really impressed by, you know, you think about times when young bigs really struggle. And a lot of times it's when doubles get sent to them, uh, you know, get sent at them. And St. Francis tried to do that a few times in the first half. And I thought, you know, now look, again, the size of these double teams, not analogous to what you know Malik is going to face in the regular season but again it was just another example of how calm he is you know I don't remember who was the little jitterbug guy that uh that St. Francis had because they kind of sent him and they clearly wanted him to you know just kind of be a gnat around Malik and try and you know slap the ball out of his hands and I loved how those doubles came and Malik was just calm he kept the ball high so he kind of removed that ability for St. Francis to kind of swipe down and get that steal didn't seem bothered. He stayed patient, kept his head up, kept his dribble. And every time they sent that double team, he was able to get through it and get a scoring opportunity out of it. And, you know, so again, just these little things that you see from a guy like that, that you can see translating. And he's so strong already. I mean, you're not just going to come up and lightly tap the ball out of his hands anyway. Um, But, you know, those little things that he did um, just throughout the game – you know, it really makes you think what a nightmare Indiana is going to be to game plan against. <laughs> it's like last year, hey, if you could get Tracer Race off the court, you know, and now you're facing Michael Durr, you know, outside of maybe one or two games, that was a big advantage. Now you get one of those guys off the court and you got Malik Renew 
coming at you. And like you said, he'll go through some ups and downs, but he's ready to be a factor. And it's just, again, some of those little things he does that really gives you confidence in that. Yeah, I mean, really, if you think about all the different ways he impacted the game tonight, it was you know, certainly from a rebounding perspective, um, showed some post moves, as you talked about earlier, showed the ability to step out and, and take a face-up jump shot. Uh, you know, he really did a little bit of everything, and, and that's just going to make him that much tougher to defend. Uh, I agree with what you said. You know, the, some of the double team is just really being able to see over people uh, well. Uh, but that led to some passes. He made some nice passes. There was even another one where he found CJ Gunn in the corner who yeah. uh, ended up shooting an air ball on that particular occasion. That was in that same stretch of play where he was, you know, again, scored or assisted on 12 of the 14 points. I mean, it could have been 15 of the 17 if if Gunn knocks that shot down, which he's going to do quite a bit over the course of his career. And, um, yeah, I, I just think a lot better. That, I, I think people had high hopes for him for sure as a, uh, you know, given – you know, where he played in, in prep school and some of those things. But I think he it, it's hard to envision a scenario where he hasn't really exceeded everybody's expectations and shown a variety of skills. That's more than what I think you would have uh, anticipated to the point where I'm concerned that coach may have a restraining order coming based on some of the text he was sending us before the game. But we'll, you know, we'll, we, we'll let the legal process play itself out before we determine how that's going to go. But yeah, if you all want to get the presidency of the Malik Renew fan club, you're going to have to fight Coach Tonsoni for it because he is uh, he is all in on, on Malik Renew. Um, another moment, Andy. Uh, so I don't remember when this was. I think it was in the first half. But Xavier Johnson missed a shot and he just straight out sprinted all the way back on defense and just grabbed the ball from the St. Francis guy that was dribbling it. Uh, you know, it was great. I think he, he missed kind of like, it was like a, kind of a wild layup. Hustles all the way back to get the steal. He throws it up to Jalen hood Shafino, uh, who then has the vision to find Miller cop for a wide open three in the corner and Miller drains it. And so this is the second straight day that in transition, you know, Miller cop has done a really nice job of finding the open space and draining a three. And so, you know, now through two games, Miller is four for four from the field and three for three from three point range. Um, extraordinarily small sample size, comfortable environment to shoot in. You know, I'm not all that concerned uh, with that, although it's obviously nice to see anybody make shots. But what I do continue to really like to see is how this team is playing in transition. That's the one thing I thought they did really well tonight, which was have their head up, be able to find the guys who were open, and whether it was to find a three-point shooter or to find you know someone at the basket for a lob. I thought we saw a lot of good decisions in transition today. Um, and Miller Kopp, if he is able to continue to do that and find the space, he's going to get a lot of those transition three opportunities. And so you know, I think Indiana still seems to struggle to find him in the half court. It's like they forget he's there, and I want to talk about that a little bit. Um, but I think more so than last year, he's going to be able to find space and transition for a team that's really going to be able to get out and transition. And if he's able to make that, I mean, just, you know, much better shot form this year, it feels like. I, I felt like a lot of times last year he would drift on shots like that. He's really being patient, setting his feet, you know, going straight up with that shot. And it looks great. Um, and so I look forward to him getting many of those transition opportunities this season. And he's got guys like Jalen who can find him when he's open. Yeah, I thought as a whole, the offense really performed well in transition tonight. They weren't really running as much. It felt like in the half court, it, it just seemed like a game they could get they the shot they wanted court, yeah. whenever they wanted. 
but I really thought they flourished when they got out and ran, uh, whether that was, you know, finding Bates in transition, that play that you mentioned, I think it was early in the second half. Um, but I marked that one down as well. You know, X kind of takes exactly, I had, I had used the exact same word that you did wild drive. And then all of a sudden just fired down the court, steals the ball. And, you know, a couple seconds, a couple passes later, you got a wide open three in the corner. And I think the, the vision that Huchifino has shown, um, already is a, is a really exciting thing for this offense. And I, I looked at coaches posting some of Woodson's, um, post-game comments in the in the chat and one of them was he said to Xavier Johnson after the game you don't have to do it all this year mm-hmm. um and and you're just trying to do too much and 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 whatever I thought he pressed a little bit uh during the course of the game but um but but I do think to your point finding ways to get this team out in transition uh got a lot of athletes got a lot of depth um how do they how do they speed things up a little bit to be able to get some easier looks than the half court which can be a little bit of a slog at times are you concerned at all about X? I mean, he's five assists or six assists, five turnovers. He's five for 19, I think, shooting. I just want to pause and make sure. I know we're not concerned about race or trace. You concerned at all about X and 0 for 7 from 3? No. I, I, I'm not no, really, but I'm, I just want to make I'm sure not, I'm not wrong. I'm not either, but I, I, I wouldn't say that it's not on anybody's <laughs> radar at this point either. Um you know, I, I do think there's a little bit of a uh, a transition for him having to share the ball with somebody else and how they kind of divvy up the, the workload. They each brought the ball up the court at times with uh, with Huchifino. So I do think there's a little bit of an adjustment period with that. Um, but it just feels like he's trying too hard to really get himself going instead of letting things happen and, uh, and going about it that way. So I, I think he'll ultimately be fine um, and will be a bit more locked in when – when real competition starts. So I'm not, uh, I'm definitely not hitting the the panic button by any stretch, but it is something to watch as you get into these first few games and can he settle in a little bit? But I think the, the comment that Woodson made is pretty, uh, pretty accurate. Yeah. He's got to figure out how to adjust the way that he needs to play with this supporting cast and with this group of players compared to the way he had to play last year. Yeah. Uh, a couple other moments. There was a, a really nice sequence where Tamar Bates had a nice cut, uh, to the basket, Malik Renew found him, and he was able to finish. Uh, Tamar finished with 10 points on 5 of 10 shooting. You know, his the outside shot didn't look very good, but I thought, you know, I was impressed with his... Um, uh, what's the right word? He, he just seemed committed to producing on offense, and I, it felt like he kind of struggled to get into the flow offensively, but he was able to, you know, make some cuts and find some space and and just do some little things to get points on the board. Um, you know, and I think last year we saw him press at times and, and press unproductively. Uh, and tonight he was able to produce, even though it still never quite felt like he was really in rhythm or in the flow, he was able to get some points up. And I, I just think for a guy like that, you know, where scoring is going to be the biggest thing he brings to the game, you know, to be able to do that and kind of play uneven, but still at the end of the night, you got double digit points up there on the board. Uh, I think that's a good sign. The other uh, moment that really stood out, and I credit to uh, Tyler Toshman who tweeted it, uh, you know, CJ Gunn dives on the floor for a loose ball during, uh, during an exhibition game. Later, he hits a three. That energy plus three-point shooting off the bench could be very useful, useful especially when trying to carve out a role as a freshman. Uh, and you know, we had a text exchange talking about how Boyd sure looks like he's going to get some minutes somehow, some way. And... You know, we need to be obviously patient, you know, with him and see what happens when the games are real. But you continue to to look at that shot form and look at that release 
It certainly seems like it's going to translate. Now, physically, you know, he's not at the same level of Jalen and Malik, and so I think there's going to be some limitations there. Uh, and defensively, teams are going to target him when he's on the court, but he's not going to struggle defensively for lack of hustle or, you know, heart or grit. And sometimes it kind of feels like you have to speed freshmen up even on that part of it. And, and he's got that, and he's got the shot, you know. And so I know he was one for five. He missed a few late. Um, but it, it, it does look like for a team, obviously, that has been starved for shooting and a shot that looks like it's ready even in the first season, uh, a lot of encouraging signs from CJ again, I think, for the second straight game. Yeah, yeah. on Tamar, I felt like he was really pressing when he first came in. A little bit of what we saw from him a season ago. Uh, and, and I think it's probably a bit of an adjustment as well. With that second unit that he played with last year, he kind of had to do that. Uh, I don't think that's as necessary this year, especially because, you know, Huchifino was kind of the holdover between the, the first unit and the second unit there for a little while. Um, and and with Renew in there, it, you know, the burden of scoring that that – I think Bates felt with that group last year doesn't need to be the same this year. And I, I just thought he pressed uh, early on, but uh, so I think he'll settle in was a little bit rusty. Didn't play the last game. I think there's a, a little bit of that, just having the chance for him to get out there and, and play uh, a little bit. will be a good thing. And I think he'll, he should hopefully settle in as far as CJ Gunn, I, what you said on, about him on defense is hundred percent true. I mean, he was one of the guys I talked about, you know, guys really biting on, you know, shot fakes. He was one that was just all over the place, got lost a couple times, um, you know, letting somebody drive in behind him a little bit, but uh, it, it certainly wasn't lack of effort. I think he wants to almost too much uh, impact the game on, on that side of it. When I think if he can focus on doing what he does best shooting and just, keeping his man in front of him without having to feel like you got to make the spectacular play uh, on defense. I think that'll serve him well, but he's certainly playing, you know, like I said, that this is a game you might learn a little bit more about him. And he played like a guy who just dying to get more minutes and really wants to be on the court, uh, which is never a bad thing uh, when you're trying to do that. I mean, otherwise I don't think you're, like I said, I wrote it down. It was nine minutes and 45 seconds. Less. It's like a 40 point game, 35, 40 point game. And he's, you know, going full out diving on the floor to, to do whatever. And um, so I, I think we talked about, bef you know, at the beginning of the season, there'll be games when he can really provide a spark coming off the bench offensively. And so it's just a matter of figuring out how you rein him in enough on defense so that he's not a, a liability on that end. Uh, but he certainly gives you a lot. And I loved even uh, at the end of the game, didn't really matter how much they were up. He got an open shot. It was going up. <laughs> so uh, love that mentality. Got to respect it. Got to respect it. <laughs> Shoot or shoot, man. Shoot or shoot. Uh, all right. It is time to go inside the numbers, Andy. Let's pick out a few numbers. Uh, I am going to keep harping on the same thing, uh, which is Indiana's three-point shooting. The Hoosiers, 7 of 19 uh, overall, uh, which was 36.8%. But, you know, they were, they were shooting over 40% for most of the night and missed a few of those late, you know, when the game got a little bit ragged. Uh, but the truth is I'm not that concerned about the percentage anyway in a game like this. What I am concerned about is how many threes Indiana is taking, and 19 threes out of 66 shots is just 28.7% of your shots from three. Again, Indiana was about 31% last year, which was in the 300s nationally. There continues to be more room for this team to take more three-point shots. Now, the caveat to that, Andy, is, you know, you're so physically dominant in games like this and you can get what you want inside at any point. 
I'm not going to be too worried about it until we start seeing this in the regular season. Um, you know, I do think there's something to be said for habits and kind of the shots that you habitually get offensively. And I know that this team with how good it is inside is always going to skew a little bit more towards pounding it inside. Um, but with what appears to be a better shooting team than last year, we have to see it in the regular season, but you know, you can kind of start to see now. I mean, Trey's shot looks a little bit better. If Hochefino is better than we think, if Gunn can make shots, you know, maybe this team can be a 34, 35% shooting team. Either way, even if it is 33%, a pathway to more efficiency is getting more of them up. So it's just something to watch. I would have liked to see more here in the exhibition games. We didn't see it. Um, so I think that's something to keep an eye on because I just I don't think you know, shooting 28, 29%, 30% of your shots from three with this roster, I just don't think you need to do that. I mean, this team can shoot better than that. So I want to see them continue to get more of those up, uh, and I think they'll be a more efficient offense if they do. Yeah, hard part about this is you, know, you look 64 points in the paint for IU, which is more than St. Francis scored the entire game. Yeah, in that's total. what I mean. So that's yeah. where it's, it, you know, it, it's a matter of do you treat this game in a way that's, not playing to the the clear advantage that you have, which I thought they actually, you know, kind of did at times. They were the the kinds of threes they got tonight are the kinds of threes they're going to need to take and make during the regular season. They're kickouts from the post, or you know, cross court passes out of the post to to open guys when they're doubled, and they're threes in transition, uh, like the cop one that we talked about. I think yep. those are the threes that are going to be best suited for this particular team. I don't know that you're going to see a ton coming off the dribble. I don't know that you're going to, um, you know run a ton of sets in the half court to get a lot of that. But I think those are the two kinds of threes that this team really needs to take. And some nights you're going to get more of those than others, depending upon how people play, play you inside uh, and depending upon the pace of the game. But I, I mean, I would agree. I, I think they've shown enough to, to think there are some improvements from an actual shooting perspective that if, and when they do take more in a game that won't be to their detriment offensively. To be clear, I'm not raising a red flag. I'm putting a pin in it. Let's put a pin and check back on it. No red flags yet. Just putting a pin in it. You know, you mentioned, you know, running stuff in the half court. You know, I find myself thinking about this, you know, because Miller Cop will be out there and you'll kind of forget he's there. And I feel like they forget he's there offensively. And, you know, look, if he's ready to be that guy that can make 37, 38, 39% of his threes, I'd like to see him run something for him every now and then to get him a shot and get going. You know, I don't, he's not just, I think he's better than just waiting for the game to get him shots. Like, I think every now and then it would be nice to see Indiana run something that says, this is our shooter, let's get him a look. Um, you don't see that a lot, and I think that's why he only has four shots through two games. Uh, but that's something I'd like to see to kind of get him in the flow a little bit. Um, the other number, Andy, that I want to discuss, and again, no red flags, but I'm going to stick a pin in this also. Do we have any concerns about this team from a rebounding perspective? It's two straight games where they've given up double-digit offensive rebounds. And I get part of that is overmatched teams that are taking a lot of threes, and so you're going to get a lot of long rebounds. Um, but they certainly are giving up. And again, you've got some upperclassmen that I'm not sure are attacking every rebound uh, you know, with, uh, with a hundred percent focus. Um, but that's something that, you know, you'd certainly like to see cleaned up in these first two regular season games. Yeah, I don't know that I'm overly worried about that. I think you saw some wild shots. Some of those were getting shots back after uh, after an IU block. I think there were a couple of those where they got back to them. So I wouldn't say that I'm overly worried about it. I mean, there's really okay. no reason that this team shouldn't be 
an excellent rebounding team between race, trace, renew, even Huchufino from a guard perspective. We talked about guard rebounding so much last year. He certainly has the size to be good at that. Uh, so I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not overly worried about that one quite yet. And to be clear for total rebounds, Indiana out rebounded him 35 to 18. And I'm sure the percentages were crazy. So yeah, I think that was on defensive rebounds was 35 to 18. I, I oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah. That was defensive rebounds uh, in total. It was, it was still a pretty wide margin, but yeah. Okay. Anyway, those are just, those are two. Then the reason I bring those up is there are two stats where the team hasn't exactly shown the habits I would like to see. It may not matter. That's the thing with these exhibition games is you go back and listen to takeaways we've had from before. A lot of times they don't matter once the regular season starts. And so I'm fully prepared to look back on these and say, okay, you know, those were just two singular games that didn't mean anything for the regular season. But those are two habits in particular I'd like to see cleaned up a little bit in these first two regular season games. What numbers stood out to you? Uh, I mean, it wouldn't be a post-game show if we didn't talk about IE's free throw shooting, would it? Um, <laughs> if we want the good, you got Trace Jackson Davis at 7 for 8. If you want the, eh, not so good, everybody else 4 out of 10. Now, uh, I think it was Tony uh, Adrani who pointed this out on Twitter. You know, this game was a lot of, you're overmatching them physically inside, and the guys who are getting fouled are the big guys who may not be your best free throw shooters, as opposed to, you know, Xavier Johnson, Huchifino, some of the guards going to the basket. So, again, I don't know that that's one to truly sound the alarm on yet either. But, uh, you know, I, like I said, it just wouldn't be just wouldn't be normal if we couldn't if we couldn't talk about that. I mean, Trace was seven for eight. That's so. what I said. That was the good was part. Good. So, yeah, that was the good part. So that was good. Um, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of the other numbers back up from a, a transition uh, standpoint. They had, you know, 28 to four in fast break points. Uh, you know, 21 points off turnovers. I think a lot of those things um, bode well, but is, is really more of a, a physical advantage than anything, which I guess is a good segue. So, so from a player perspective, one of the guys that I wanted to talk about, and I guess I'll use the, the stats to do it, is, is Jordan Geronimo. So he ends up with 10 points, 5 of 5 shooting. Uh, I think everything was a dunk. Eight rebounds. Um, what, what, what did you think about how he played? I think those numbers are a bit misleading, um, but what, what have been your thoughts on him as, as you look at, you know, again, he is, again, I think a guy that I think we can learn something about in these games, yes. especially as people want to project, what's he going to be? He came back. What position is he playing? What things is he doing? I know you guys talked about him a lot and in the Marion game, got in some foul trouble. What, what were your thoughts tonight in terms of how that may have been better or worse since that game? Yeah. I mean, I, I think he's a guy you can learn a lot about depending on what he does. What were the things we were looking for him to do this year? Handle the ball more, pass more, you know, shoot more, guard guys out on the perimeter. What I thought you saw from Jordan today was him really doubling down on the stuff he's awesome at against a team that couldn't match him physically. You know, and so the rebounds and the dunks and the steals, like he was out there doing Jordan Geronimo things. <clears throat> and we know there are going to be at least eight to ten games this year where he has a huge impact because he does exactly what he did tonight what he did as a freshman he did it even more as a sophomore and so I think you can safely project forward that he'll be able to do that stuff intermittently throughout the season and at times when Indiana really needs a boost but I don't feel like I learned a lot new about him like the stuff that we saw him do tonight it's all the stuff again that we've seen and you know against a team that wasn't going to be able to stop him so you know I didn't see anything that suggests to me that 
you know, he's ready to play more on the wing. And, you know, again, he didn't need to do that stuff tonight, but it just, it wasn't on display. So I kind of feel about Jordan the same way I do. And, you know, I think he can be a very productive player for this team. If all he is is what he was last year, he'll be a productive player. And if he can take a step forward on the stuff he's already good at, he's going to be a productive player. But no, through two exhibition games, I don't think we've seen anything that leads me to believe he's going to expand his role, especially when you've got some extra options on the wing and an extra option down low. So that that's probably about where I'm at with it. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think, you know, as I was watching toward the end of the game, you know, he's out there. He's just everything he did was just he's a the gap between him and everybody else on the floor from an athleticism standpoint was so wide that it was, Oh, well you could just go get every rebound and out jump everyone. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you know, the, the baskets he scored were all dunks where he just physically was able to, to uh, overpower people, get in position, jump over people, whatever. It so doesn't mean he's not going to take that leap, but there wasn't anything that we saw in these two exhibition games that really make you feel okay, that's definitely going to happen. Um, still could, but it was, like you said, more of the same. And more of the same can still impact this team in a positive way. But I think for those thinking he was going to take this big leap, either positionally or in some other way, I don't think we've seen that yet, but that doesn't mean that we won't see it. Yep. Okay, coming up on this edition of the Assembly Call, we are going to hand out our Game Balls and the Hoosier Hustle Award. We will discuss a lingering question or two, and then we'll look ahead to Indiana's upcoming opponent. That's next here on the Assembly Call. Stick with us. I never listen to the assembly call, especially the episodes that Ryan is on. Thank you, Ethan. You are listening to the assembly call IU postgame show. Catch us live immediately following every IU basketball game, plus every Thursday night at our website, assemblycall.com. And make sure that you sign up for our free IU hoops email newsletter. Uh, Roughly 10,000 of your fellow IU fans have subscribed to that. You can join for free today at join.assemblycall.com. That is join.assemblycall.com. And ladies and gentlemen, we have a fun new sponsor here for our final segment. Our final segment is brought to you by our new sponsor, True Blood Real Estate. And Jim True Blood is the founder and owner of True Blood Real Estate. Ooh, hold on. I've got a fancy little graphic for this as we up the production value here of what we're doing. Uh, Look at that. Bring up the True Blood Real Estate uh, logo right there. Uh, So Jim, he founded True Blood Real Estate. He's been helping people in Indiana buy and sell properties since 2006. And he and I actually go back even further than that. So Jim and I were friends in middle school, back when I lived in Lafayette. Uh, And in fact, the first ever NCAA tournament games I attended were with Jim and his family. We went to uh, a slate of games in Dayton. And here we are three decades later. Things have come full circle with True Blood Real Estate, now the exclusive and official real estate partner of IU Athletics with a team of talented agents to serve you in Bloomington and throughout Indiana. So if you're looking to buy or sell real estate in Indiana, you need to experience the True Blood Advantage. Go to truebloodre.com to learn more. That's truebloodre.com and tell them the assembly call sent you. All right, I'm Jared Morris. I'm here with Andy Bottoms. Andy, it is time for game balls. Uh, Why don't you hit us first? Who gets your game ball? 
Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Malik Renew. Uh, led the team. Uh, I, uh, no, I guess did not lead the team with 15 points. Trace had, Trace had 19, but 15 points on 7 of 8 shooting. 8 rebounds, 4 assists, uh, 2 blocks, no turnovers. Showed a little bit of everything uh, over the course of his 20 minutes and uh, just continue to be really impressed with him and the variety of things he was able to do on the court. Plus, I don't want to disappoint Coach since he's not here, so I'm going Malik Renew. Um, by the way, was this the most forgettable 19.9 rebound, two block performance ever by, by a player? By Tra- I mean, it was, we haven't really talked much about Trey, so it was great to see him out there. You know, he's obviously got the, the right hand wrapped. Uh, it didn't seem to bother him too much. Uh, and he was, you know, just out there doing Trace things. Had, again, made the free throws, uh, did a nice job finishing on an oop. Uh, you know, but we're not really going to learn much from him. I guess that's what an All-American should do uh, in a game like this. It was just nice to see him get out there and get a sweat in, really, before yeah. the real game start. Yep, agreed. Uh, all right, Andy, you went with Malik and his 15 points and eight boards. I got to give my game ball to Jalen, uh, who I thought was, you know, from start to finish, uh, the most consistent Hoosier um and you know really came out in the second half and i thought played really well uh and that seeing a guy like that you know a freshman uh, where i think it would be pretty easy for a guy in a game like this to come out and be kind of lax and i thought he really stepped it up at the start of the second half uh and so i'm going with jalen who just once again was a stat sheet stuffer and showed us uh all the the reasons why people are excited which means of course that oh, i don't have my little drum roll sound bite Man, preseason. I got to get that stuff. Uh, I got to get that lined up. That means we got to go to the chat mob. So chat mob, it is over to you, Jalen Hutchifino or Malik Renew. Who gets the game ball? You all break the tie. Uh, and while you are doing that, Andy, we will move on to the Hoosier Hustle Award. Hi, this is Anthony Leal, reminding you to check out our friends at Evansville Security Services. Based in the hometown of IU legend Calvert Cheney, Evansville Security Services has been providing off-duty police officers to businesses and individuals since 2001. In other words, they're in the business of prevention and peace of mind. And remember, prevention cannot be measured. To learn more about how Evansville Security Services can help you preserve your peace of mind by preventing bad outcomes, Visit EvansvilleSecurityServices.com. That's EvansvilleSecurityServices.com. Andy, this chat mob vote looks very even. It does. I was, can you discern a winner? Every, every, every time I would be like, oh, there's a few for that guy. He must have it wrapped up. And then like three votes would come in for the other guy. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. We're I, calling it a tie. Had, it's... We've never had to actually count the votes. It usually was always uh, overwhelming <laughs> enough, but... See, like I kind of was ready to lean Hutchifino, and then the last three people put Renew in there. I so. know. I mean, if Coach were here, he definitely would pick Renew. Uh, and Ryan did say in his text oh, message Tony, that the story. Tony's doing, Tony's doing the county. He said 9-9 nine, nine split right now. In the okay. Chat. All right, Tony, Tony you finalize there. it. Actually doing the, uh, I, I do think if the, the rest vote. of our crew was here, they both would have voted for Malik. So we can also use that uh, as well, a tiebreaker. We know Coach would have. I, I don't yes, know for we, sure about Ryan, but we know that Coach would have. <laughs> Ryan would have found some way to give it to race probably. Um, yeah. All right. Hustle award. I'm giving the hustle award to Trey Galloway 
whose energy I thought uh, really stood out because of the overall lack of energy from the team coming out of the gates. Uh, and I thought him coming in the first half really changed the tone. Defensively, he made a huge impact. Uh, and otherwise, just did Trey Galloway. You know, had a nice three-pointer. I think he had three assists and one turnover. Uh, you know, really, I think for the second straight game, showed all the reasons why people will always doubt Trey, and then he'll always find a way to get minutes. Uh, as Jeff Marlowe and the Trey Galloway fan club just sit there nodding their heads, uh, we should we should just expect it. Uh, but I thought his uh, he just did all those little things, and he he brought the most energy to the court tonight. So I'm giving it to Trey. Yeah, I will uh I will second that. That's who I was gonna go with as well. We talked about his defense. I will give honorable mention to Anthony Leal who did the uh the read for that. There was a play toward the end, it was like a three on one break and he really busted it down the court to uh enforce uh St. Francis to take a longer shot and 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 did break that up. So I was uh I, I was impressed with that and fitting I, I suppose that he's uh he's the, the spokesman for the award uh on that end of things. But yeah, I'll go with Trey as well. Um, all right, Andy, lingering question. So I gave you the two, not red flags, but just pins that I'm interested to watch these first couple games. What's your biggest lingering question? Like what's, what's the thing that's lingering in the back of your mind as a, a potential concern or just something you wonder about and chat mob, if you have one, drop it in there too. Yeah, it's, um, you know, I think we, we've talked about a lot of them. I know you talked about this couple. We talked about Xavier Johnson. You know, I think those are the ones that, that feel like they, uh, you know, that they stand out in that regard. Um, I, I guess to a certain extent, I still wonder how the rotation is going to be split up. Uh, we, we continue to see in these games, you haven't really had everybody at your disposal. Although tonight, based on everything you read, you probably had your, your likely top 10 guys there. Do we continue to see these kind of first, second unit type things? And I, I like Tochafino tonight being the guy who bridged the gap between those. Um, I just don't know long term if that's what what you want to do. And I, I think you, know, I, I believe that uh, Coach said something that you know Woodson said something to the effect of you know still trying to figure out how these cats play together or something something to that effect. So maybe he's just working through some of those things, but. Um, I, that to me is is concerning and 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 maybe not seeing him change the way that he's doing his in-game management of rosters lineups whatever is something that's there it's just really hard given the nature of these games and the the blowouts that you're already not going to give guys a lot of minutes so i yeah. say it's lingering for that reason just because these games didn't provide a great opportunity to see that but you did still see kind of that first unit second unit mentality uh, in both, you know, Keith, uh, who sports a great last name of Morris, uh, he brings something up in the chat that actually I was just thinking about mentioning too. And he says, you know, hard to say, but Bates didn't look as good as I was expecting him to. And so again, not a red flag, just a pin. And we talked about this in our, in our text chain, Andy, during the game, you know, look, Tamar's been out, hasn't practiced in a little while, um, and all those things. And, you know, it's just an exhibition game. So there's a lot of reasons I think to, dismiss any serious concerns but still viscerally I kind of felt the same way like I I was kind of hoping I guess maybe hoping slash expecting to see more I guess versatility and confidence offensively 
Um, and, you know, we didn't see it. And, you know, there may be a lot of reasons why he didn't get in the flow. And I already lauded him for still finding a way to score 10 points anyway, um, which I do think matters. Um, you know, but I think a lot of the talk in the offseason about him as a breakout type guy who really raises the ceiling for the team is if he can be a three level scorer. You know, and we didn't really see any of the shooting. We didn't see anything from the mid range. It was just a lot of stuff at the basket, which translates more this year because he's clearly put a lot of work into his body and is more physically ready. But I'm still not sure he's ready to score consistently at the rim yet on some of the looks he got tonight. So I'll share, uh, you know, Keith's uh, just question about that. I think it's something to watch through the first two games. And I think if he comes out and looks more in the flow, we can pretty easily dismiss this probably as a guy who's missed a few days of practice and just didn't get in the flow. Um, but, you know, for anybody expecting kind of a transcendent breakout offensive performance, you didn't see that. Um, and maybe it'll just take a little while to get there. But I think something else is just worth putting a pin in uh, and paying attention to here as we get into regular season play, which Mr. Bottoms starts on Monday. So a pretty quick turnaround for the regular season to start. Uh, the Hoosiers will face Moorhead State. Uh, that game will tip at 7 o'clock Eastern. Is that on BTN Plus 2? Did they put that I one? Believe, I believe it is. I, I think the first, the two exhibitions in the first game were, I think all three of them were right in a row. Yeah. Uh, what do we need to know about Moorhead State? Uh, they are one of the potential favorites in a – much worse than last year, Ohio Valley conference that lost Belmont and Murray state. Um, so that is, is certainly uh, a big factor there. I, I think, you know, and, and that conference in general is uh, like I said, is, is really down. It looks to be them and, and actually Tennessee Martin where Parker Stewart transferred to that are kind of the, the top two teams in that they lost a decent amount. I, I believe so uh, should be a game that, that IU should be able to win uh, handily, even though there's maybe a little bit of name recognition value to Moorhead State. They've had a few good years here and there, but uh, I think a, a down year for them, at least projected, even though they're they're uh, projected to be toward the top of the league, but the league is not what it has been in the last two years. Uh, by the way, also got to give a hat tip to Nathan Childress, five points and a dunk tonight. That was impressive stuff. It's nice. To, yeah. That's that's one of the fun parts about these games is seeing those guys able to get out there and have a cool moment at Assembly Hall. That was nice to see. Yep. Uh, yeah, hundred percent. He had. Uh, I think he had an assist thrown in there as well. So yeah, he yeah. played. Uh, he played well. You are listening to the Assembly Call IU Post Game Show. Remember to check out our friends at Home Field Apparel. Use the promo code Home at checkout to get fifteen percent off your first order. Uh, Andy, it's time for last call. Your final thoughts on this Indiana victory. Well, I think as you go into these games, you're trying to, one, emerge uh, with nobody getting injured. And although I use battle a few illnesses and injury, nobody got injured in these particular games, at least. So I guess that's good uh, as you look at it that way. And the biggest thing is really to get uh, some of the young guys some opportunities to play, uh, get their feet wet in uh, in Assembly Hall and, um, you know, hopefully get them ready to go. And I think if you look at it that way, those things have been accomplished. We certainly have, uh, at least we think we've learned some things about the freshmen and, and, and how deep this team might be and, and whether the belief that, that people, you have know, some of those notions that, well, this is just the same team from last year. Uh, I think the way that the new guys have played has certainly dispelled that uh, for even IU fans who may have, have walked into the season having that belief. So uh, in that regard, I think it's positive. And, and now you're really ready to see, 
Can you get the competition level to ratchet up just a little bit? And do you see a different level of focus defensively than what you saw uh, in the game tonight? Do you see um, the rotations look a little bit different? You know, what what becomes different when the competition ratchets up, even if it's just slightly? Uh, it's kind of what you look for ahead of this. But, um, yeah, I think the, the biggest positives to come out of these games are the play of, of Huchifino and, and Renew, just to take it back to what we started with. I mean, we could have filled the whole first segment and, and probably came – uh, damn close to it just by talking about those two guys, uh, which is, which is exciting. And, and so, um, as we said, you're not going to learn a lot about some of the guys that you have coming back, but I do think you learned some things about those two guys and how important they're going to be to IU going forward and, uh, excited to get the season going on, uh, on Monday. Yeah. It, you know, if you didn't watch the game, you're just tuning in to the show. You may be wondering, Hey, you guys spent a lot of time talking about Logan Duncan, the first show, what happened to him tonight? Uh, he did not play. Caleb Banks did not play. I think Duncan's was an illness. Banks, uh, injury, I think. I don't think either one is considered serious. Um, so hope to have those guys back for the regular season. Yeah, Andy, I agree. Um, you know, I kind of look at these two games and I would say it's a B to a B plus. Like you, you achieve the most important things, which are get some dominant wins, build confidence with your young guys, avoid any serious injuries. You know, you even got two, you know, really key guys back from injury, uh, you know, who had to miss the first game. So I think you did a lot of the things that you wanted to do, and you can just see that there's another level of talent. There's another level of just athletic ability, of of physical dominance that this roster is going to have that we haven't had that is going to allow Indiana to win games when they might have, you know, B-level focus and execution. They're going to be able to out-physical people, um, and that's nice to see. But, you know, I'd be lying if I said there wasn't a small part of me that kind of wanted to see a little bit crisper basketball, a little better play from Xavier. Like you just, you know, you kind of go in with these maybe unspoken expectations for yourself. And so I was left wanting on a few things. But you also, you don't want to be peaking too early anyway. So I think those concerns are very, very muted. I think we saw everything we needed to see to believe that this team is the rightful Big Ten favorite, to believe that this team is a legitimate, you know, top 15 level team and is going to have a really good chance to successfully navigate a difficult non-conference schedule. Um, so, you know, rock solid first couple games. And now we get into the regular season. The competition ra- uh, level ratchets up. Uh, should still be two games, uh, you know, to start off the season that Indiana is able to handle comfortably. Uh, before you get to that Xavier game. Uh, But we will uh, take them one at a time, as we always do, and look forward to breaking them down and having some fun with you here on the postgame show. So that will do it for us. Uh, If you want to see us do the show live and be part of the live chat, make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash assemblycall. And don't forget to go to join.assemblycall.com to join our free email newsletter. Special thank you, as always, to Bob Thompson for the music that you hear on the show. And special thank you to John Ringer of RigDesign.com for designing our logo. And thank you, as always, for listening. We'll be back to talk IU hoops again with you on Monday for the first regular season game. Until then. Take it from me, Juwan Morgan. Keep your elbows in, eyes on the rim, and go Hoosiers. Thank you. Thanks for coming out. All right. I got to get out of here, folks. Thank you. Here I come. This is Don Sony. Excellent. Andy, look at that, man. That is two straight postgame shows in under an hour. We are absolutely hitting on our early season uh, focus points. Yes. Yes. The scouting report. <laughs> the uh, Yeah, we're really dialed into the details. It's good. Good. The uh, Eagles, on the other hand, have decided to let the Texans hang around for reasons.
unbeknownst to everyone. Apparently, Jordan Davis being out is uh, is apparently crippling their ability to stop the run. So, oh boy, dude, it's third. It's Thursday night, right? Yes, yeah, Thursday night. Yeah. Crazy things. I don't know why. I'm not a fan of Thursday night football. It's just you don't get yeah. a good product on Thursday. I'm, night. I'm about to not be either if this continues. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> um, hey, for private community members. Uh, we are doing, you might remember a couple years ago, we did Banner Monday, uh, where we did a kind of a new weekly show. Mike DeCourcy was a guest. We're going to be doing it this year. It's called Banner Friday. Uh, it's only for our private community members. If you're curious about that, you can go to assemblycall.com slash community. We've had a lot of new people join. We've got so much stuff planned. You know, last week I posted a Q and a with Anthony Leal only for community members. We had an interview with Mike DeCourcy only for community members. And so we're going to be doing that on Friday. It'll be a way, A, for people who aren't on post-game shows, like Coach, who was at the game tonight, uh, he's going to give you his observations from being up close uh, and personal. So expect to hear a lot about Malik Renew tomorrow from Coach Tonsoni, if his texts are any indication. Uh, and we're going to use it to answer questions, bring in guests. Uh, and we have a scheduled interview on Monday for community members with Coach Yah to talk some X's and O's, talk about some of the stuff Indiana's was running. Uh, that content's only going to be for our community members. Um, we love everybody who listens to the podcast and listens to the show, uh, but we're really trying to build something special uh, with our private community. Um, so you can get more, assemblycall.com slash community, but a lot of fun content uh, that's going to be in there. And we just created a private podcast feed so that if you get into the community, you can subscribe to the private feed and get all that content via audio and listen to it right where you listen to your regular episodes of Assembly Call. So assemblycall.com slash community, a lot of fun stuff coming up there. Um, yeah, Andy, any, uh, any, anything else before we call it a night? I'm going to go write the post-game email. No, I don't think so. Uh, well, one good thing for anybody who's in the, the Cincinnati area, the Alumni Association here reached out uh, about doing a, something before the IU Xavier game. So uh, we'll nice. be doing that at uh, one of the breweries here and uh, convince coach and and uh, Amy to come down for the for the evening and uh, and hang out. So we'll be uh, we'll be doing that on whatever that Friday is. I think it starts at four thirty. Nice uh, when it is. So if anybody's around, that is where we'll be. I don't believe we're going to the game. Uh, I was talking to somebody, uh, a, a friend of mine last night. Uh, we saw each other at, at basketball practice. He was picking up his daughter, and uh, he's an IU grad. He was like, "Yeah, I'm trying everything I can to try to find." reasonably priced tickets and it is not going well the Cintas center is a great place to watch a game but is not overly large and mm. thus uh for a game like this tickets uh, sounds like they're fairly hard to come by so i wonder uh, if it's so too late anyway. to get media passes uh i don't know i'll ask i don't know we may just end up watching the game there because if i'm gonna go probably not a great idea to, to do something at a brewery have a couple of beers and then go sit <laughs> in the media section probably i mean what could go wrong <laughs> Second what half, it, lots of bad calls. Andy's running on the court like Dennis Hopper and Hoosiers. Just, what could go know? wrong? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because if you've never sat with Andy at a game, he's very mild-mannered here on the show, but the legend of in-person Andy Bottoms, <laughs> is uh, it has a reputation for a reason. Those officials don't want to be yeah. making bad calls. By the way, Brad says, when's the interview with uh, Coach Yaw with them playing Monday? We're doing it early Monday morning, so before their shoot-around. So I think uh, Coach uh, I think Coach Tonsoni and um, Coach John, you're going to be there too, because you want it. We you know we don't want it to just be kind of the same old stuff. How does this guy look? How does that guy look? Uh, we really want to try and get into some basketball X's and O's type stuff with him. So that's going to be the plan. All right, Andy, go watch the Eagles for your sake and my brother-in-law's sake. I hope they're able to come back and get a victory. Or well, let's hope so. 
Let's hope so. Let's hope. All right, everybody. Have a great night, and we'll see you all soon. Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Mm -mm. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.